Hello there, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 366 of Sustainable Minimalists. Here on this show, we discuss intentional and eco-friendly living. On today's show, I'm answering a listener's question all about environmental nonprofits. Which ones are great? Which ones are horrible? Where should we be giving our money? That's what we're doing today, and we're going to have fun with it. I promise. Nobody likes to be a taker, right? We all want to be givers. Being generous is a character trait we all aspire to. However, when we think about monetary giving, giving a portion of our paycheck, we often frame that giving as giving back. I argue, though, that we shouldn't be giving back. We should simply be giving. Because if we're seeking to flex that gratitude muscle, we should simply give. And if giving for giving's sake isn't a strong enough reason to hop on board, let's just get hedonistic with it for a minute. Research has found that giving money makes the donor, so you and me, happy. Giving directly improves our lives. There's no ceiling on this phenomenon. So the more you give, the bigger the donation, the more often you donate, the more life satisfaction you will feel. There's no ceiling. You can feel better and better with no end in sight. A 2007 study found that charitable activities trigger neural activity in the areas of the brain that are linked to reward processing. They're the same areas that are activated by common pleasures, like eating, like having sex. So perhaps instead of eating that ice cream, give away a portion of your paycheck instead. Now, I know this episode may seem tone deaf in some ways. Here in the U.S., inflation is crippling and interest rates are rising yet again. And so maybe right now is not the time for you to give financially. And if that's the season of life that you're in right now, my hope is that you just listen to today's episode because I know you're going to learn an awful lot. So you listen and then you tuck away the nuggets of knowledge that you get for that time in the future when you're able to give monetarily. I have a two-part show for you today. Part one is how to choose a nonprofit. So any nonprofit, not just environmental nonprofits or wildlife nonprofits, any nonprofit, anything that means something to you, what should you be looking for? What resources should you use before you just willy-nilly give them your credit card information? You want to make sure that you're giving your hard-earned money to a place that's going to do right with it? That's part one. And then in part two, my team has vetted some environmentally leaning nonprofits for you. So if preserving wildlife is your thing, I'm recommending some nonprofits for you. If removing carbon from the atmosphere speaks to your heart, I've got some nonprofits for that as well. So my team has done the work vetting for you. And one more quick little note before we get into it. On today's show, I'm using the term charity and nonprofit interchangeably. However, please know there is a difference between the two terms. A charity operates solely for charitable purposes, but nonprofits are more flexible. So nonprofits often operate for charitable purposes, but also civic improvement and welfare and recreation, etc. We're getting right into part one, which is how do you choose a nonprofit? So you have some money. You want to give. You're not giving back. You're giving. But how do you find the right nonprofit to give it to? There's a massive difference between a solid cause that's worth supporting 
and a good nonprofit. My interview with Sharon Schneider, it was episode number 289. I'll link to it in the show notes if you missed it. But we were talking on that show about the convenience tax and giving back. And Sharon made the really important point that for most of us, when we look for a nonprofit to support, we shop by cause. So we care about animal rights, or we care about racial inequity, or we care about abortion rights, let's say. Those are all solid causes. However, there are plenty of nonprofits that do not adequately support the solid cause we're trying to support. So how do we choose a nonprofit wisely? There are over 1 million charities here in the United States alone. It is a minefield out there. How do you choose the right one for you? I have some suggestions for you, but before I give you my suggestions, let me give you some examples of nonprofits you may perhaps want to stay away from. How about United for Clean Power? United for Clean Power. I'm all for clean power. That's a great name, right? United for Clean Power looks and sounds like a grassroots nonprofit, doesn't it? But it's actually a shell nonprofit that's funded with dark money. Its real intention is not to unite under clean power. Its real intention is instead to stop the Inflation Reduction Act. So sounds good. Might not be so good with your goals. How about the Heartland Institute? Oh, the Heartland. Let's protect the Heartlands. The Heartland Institute has an educational focus. As a former teacher, I'm all on board with education as a means of protecting the heartlands. Okay, well, back up. The Heartland Institute's mission is to actively promote climate misinformation. Just a couple months ago, in February of this year, the Heartland Institute mailed 8,000 science teachers, so middle and high school science teachers, its book. And the book, titled Climate at a Glance, is meant to provide teachers with quote, the data to show them that the earth is not experiencing a climate crisis, end quote. The book goes on to say that modest planetary warming is either good for ecosystems or doesn't really have the impact that climate scientists say it does. So the Heartland Institute, you're not aligned with my values personally, or what about the Competitive Enterprise Institute, also acronymed CEI. It's a nonprofit think tank. I love the term think tank, right? I want to support a think tank. Yeah, great ideas blown around. I'm on board. Actually, no, I'm not on board because after a bit of digging, I noticed that CEI supports the continued use of carbon-based fuels. This nonprofit is legitimate, by the way, as is the Heartland Institute. They are legitimate nonprofits that have registered with the IRS. However, CEI is not aligned with my values because it argues that climate change does not endanger the survival of civilization or the habitability of the planet. So my point with highlighting these three examples is that it's a minefield out there, isn't it? The names sound good. The websites look good. They're registered with the IRS. Everything's checking out. How on earth do you choose so that you're not writing a check to an organization that either, one, is not aligned with your values, or two, 
doing weird stuff with your money. If you find a nonprofit that at first glance looks good, you agree with their mission, there are several online tools and services that you can use to help ensure that the nonprofit you're looking at is indeed legitimate, is indeed well-run, is indeed aligned with your values. So we're going to talk about three of those services right now. The first is GuideStar. GuideStar offers a seal of transparency program. It was developed in 2013 to assess a charity's income, spending, mission, and executive salaries. So GuideStar contains records from over 1 million charities. I said earlier that there are over 1 million charities registered with the IRS here in America. If a charity is not registered with the IRS, just stay far away. But GuideStar, again, offers these seals of transparency. There's bronze, silver, gold, or platinum, right? You obviously want a nonprofit with a higher seal of transparency like gold or platinum. Another service to look at is the BBB Wise Giving Alliance, which is connect, which is affiliated, I should say, with the Better Business Bureau, which we all know and love. They review national charities and apply 20 accountability standards, like for governance, oversight, effectiveness, every one or two years. If a nonprofit you're looking at is not ranked by BBB Wise, I would not say that's a red flag. We'll talk about why later. And then finally, the third service I want to talk to you about today is, of course, Charity Navigator. Charity Navigator uses stars. So this is a little confusing because GuideStar uses seals of transparency, BBB Wise uses ranking standards, and Charity Navigator uses stars. However, they're all essentially doing the same thing. Charity Navigator analyzes charities on financial health, accountability, and transparency. And specifically, what I like about Charity Navigator is it assesses how much of a charity's income goes toward programs versus what goes towards administrative stuff like salaries and fundraising and having parties to get even more money. If I'm writing a check, I want a significant portion of that check to go towards the cause. I don't want my money to go towards having a fancy party or to fund that lunch out. I want it to go to the cause. So what if you find a nonprofit you like, but it's not listed on these three services? That is quite common, by the way. Don't forget, there are over 1 million charities registered with the IRS. Don't throw your hands up and give up on the nonprofit altogether. If a charity is not listed on any of these three sites, a good step for you is to look for their annual report. It's usually on their website, or if it's not, request a copy to be mailed to you. That will give you a clear idea of what they're spending their money on. Action step number two is to stay clear of political action committees, PACs, you know, capital P, capital A, capital C. Stay away from anything with names and pitches that sound like a charity but aren't. United for Clean Power was a great example of that. And then finally, if you think, this is my favorite tip, by the way, (laughs) if you think a nonprofit might be illegitimate, if your spidey sense is going off slightly, get on Google or get on Ecosia or go on your favorite search engine and search online for the name of the nonprofit followed by scam or followed by fraud and see what comes up. 
Okay, so we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're going to get into the environmentally leaning charities that my team has already vetted for you. You're not going to want to miss it. See you in a minute. Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers, so next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. And we're back. In part one of today's show, I gave you three services to use when you're seeking to vet any charity that sounds good to you. So not just environmental charities, any nonprofit that you think speaks to your heart, use those three services. And now we're on to part two of today's conversation where my team has done the work for you. We've vetted some. And the ones we're recommending have high rankings, high seals, high standards, etc., But before I give you those nonprofits and we talk about them a little bit, I just want to say that yesterday I was thinking a bit about protections and particularly judiciary protections, laws. Humans, we tend to be well protected by laws, aren't we? There are laws in place with strict punishments for humans who harm fellow humans, except for some very rare instances. You can't kill another human. Heck, you can't even slap another human. Can you? You get in a bar fight, you go outside, you slap, slap the person. Yeah, you're going to face legal consequences for that slap. Then there are animals, right? Animals have significantly fewer protections than humans, and the punishments for poaching or abusing animals are significantly more lax. You could even make the argument, my animal activists listening certainly would make the argument that we've legalized the abuse and murder of animals through our industrial food system. My point here, though, is animals have less protections than humans, of course, but more than the planet as a whole. 
because, of course, there is the planet, this orb as a part of the solar system, the ecosystems that comprise the orb, the plants and the waterways and the trees and other vegetation that comprise the ecosystems. There are very few protections on our natural environment as a whole. In many ways, we're actually alloyed to exploit the planet and its resources for our benefit. It's worth protecting, certainly. I think we can all agree on that. But the question then becomes, who is tasked with protecting it? We cannot rely on our legislators to enact protections in the form of laws. They've shown us time and time again that profit is more important than planet. And so the answer as to who's tasked with protecting the planet, that answer is you and me. We're protecting it with our donations to the following amazing nonprofits. I've separated some of these nonprofits into categories, okay? And the first category is the general catch-all category. You want to do all the environmental things. You do not have a specific heart-first value that's directing you. If you want to do all the environmental things, I suggest you check out the Environmental Defense Fund. The EDF has met 20 out of 20 accountability standards on the BBBY's Giving Alliance. It has a platinum transparency on GuideStar, so the highest, and it has earned three out of four stars on Charity Navigator. If you're wondering why didn't it get four out of four stars, the reason is that the IRS was delayed in processing the EDF's tax form, so they lost a star because GuideStar had incomplete information. Okay, so what does the Environmental Defense Fund do? It addresses a variety of environmental issues, climate the shift to clean energy, ensuring that ecosystems remain resilient, protecting oceans, tackling air pollution. It does all the things. That's one. Another catch-all, you want to do all the environmental things nonprofit, is the National Resources Defense Council, NRDC. I'm sure you've heard of it as well. The NRDC is not listed on BYs, and it is not listed on GuideStar. However, it did receive four out of four stars on Charity Navigator. So I say that NRDC is a honorable mention. Environmental Defense Fund first, NRDC second. The NRDC, the National Resources Defense Council, employs hundreds of scientists and lawyers who work to improve environmental protection at the legislative and judicial levels. Their priorities are fighting climate change, defending endangered wildlife, and protecting the oceans. So those are the catch-alls. Now I want to get into more specific interests. So again, whenever you choose a nonprofit for anything in life, not just environmentally, when you're talking about women's rights, minority rights, any issue that speaks to you, I always suggest you drill down on the cause as to what specifically about the issue speaks to you And you give in a heart-first manner. So employ your head, employ your brains. Don't give without some knowledge behind it. But give from a heart-first manner. So if your heart is telling you that you were put on this earth to help conserve wildlife, so animals, 
I suggest you check out the World Wildlife Fund. I'm sure you've heard of the World Wildlife Fund before. I've talked to a representative of WWF on the show before. Very popular. World Wildlife Fund is BBB accredited. It has platinum transparency from GuideStar, has three out of four stars on Charity Navigator. And if you're wondering why was a star docked, it's because the nonprofit's financial health was impacted negatively by the pandemic. And there's a section on the website that will explain more into the why if you're interested. But what does the World Wildlife Fund do? Their goals are to protect natural ecosystems and wild populations, to minimize pollution, and to promote the efficient, and here's the key, sustainable for the future use of natural resources. You can even, this is something I think is super cool about the World Wildlife Fund, you can adopt an animal. They have that program where you can buy a stuffed animal, not, I don't love the clutter aspect, but I do love the fact that you can buy the stuffed animal and the funds of that purchase support animal conservation programs around the world. So what a great gift for a child. Wildlife is your thing. That's my suggestion to you. However, if you love wildlife, but you really love birds, there's nothing better. There gets no better than the National Audubon Society. It gets the highest ratings on all three services. The National Audubon Society is dedicated to bird and wildlife conservation. It has over 500 chapters across the U.S., and it has over 2,500, quote, important bird areas, which are places where birds are especially threatened. Okay, so maybe wildlife isn't your thing. Maybe instead you'd care about protecting biodiversity. Maybe for you, you check out the Rainforest Alliance. I'm sure you've heard of it before. They have a certification seal. The certification is the frog. It lets consumers know when you're buying something that a product has been created in a way that protects the environmental and social and economic sustainability of an area. So Rainforest Alliance certified means something on a product. Perhaps you give money to this organization that's doing this hard work to, again, conserve biodiversity. Now, I should say, of course, Rainforest Alliance is not listed on BBBYs. Got a silver transparency on GuideStar, so not not one of the highest, but it did receive four out of four stars on Charity Navigator. Now, if all those charities sound good to you, but I still haven't mentioned one that gets you excited to pull out your credit card or checkbook, you haven't heard anything cutting edge yet. If you're saying to yourself, you know, protecting the animals and the plants is futile unless we get carbon out of our atmosphere and stat. I suggest for you, you check out a carbon removal nonprofit. How about you check out the Clean Air Task Force, which received four out of four stars on Charity Navigator, a gold transparency on GuideStar, and not rated on BBBYs. The Clean Air Task Force's overall focus is to rapidly accelerate the adoption of carbon capture technologies, and they advocate actively for regulatory requirements on power plants. Sounds good to me. I have one more nonprofit for you, and then we'll wrap up. But how about you also check out Carbon 180, which did receive four out of four stars on Charity Navigator. It's not listed on GuideStar or BBB. But Carbon 180 supports a wide variety of carbon removal approaches. And something that really sets them apart from others is that they view carbon removal as an environmental justice issue. 
They believe that carbon removal can be a powerful tool for addressing climate justice. So they are developing recommendations for policies that address the priorities of Black and Indigenous and other communities of color, as well as low-income communities. So I really love that focus because remember, as we've also discussed on this show many a time before, climate justice is so intricately intertwined with racial justice. Now, the final word for today, I should say final words, because I have a bunch of them. If you listen to my recent episode number 353, it came out just a couple of weeks ago, about whether carbon offsets are worth it. If you listen to this episode, you'll know that I made the suggestion that if you're taking a flight this summer, perhaps you're going on a family vacation, instead of paying for carbon offsets for your flight, Perhaps you take that carbon offset, whatever money you were going to do, and instead of doing that, you give it to a nonprofit that you have vetted, or I have vetted, and has spoken to your heart. So consider that. That's final word number one. Also, don't think of giving as a year-end exercise that you do once a year. If it's possible for you, be a monthly contributor, so every month, Five, ten dollars comes out of your account. That's so much better for the nonprofit than a one-time donation. Sharon Schneider made that point really clear in a previous episode. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And then finally, don't forget about your local conservation groups that are seeking to preserve existing natural resources. The suggestions I outlined today are the large nonprofits, the oversized nonprofits. And that's not to say that the smaller localized groups don't also need your support. And that's also not to say that if I didn't talk about a nonprofit today, it's bad. I just highlighted some. So I hope that I've given you the tools and the motivation to write this second, (laughs) if it's financially possible for you, get out your checkbook or get out your credit card and give. Because generosity is something worth cultivating within all of ourselves. We are the ones tasked at preserving this planet. And if you're not able, no worries. Just tuck away the information for a later date when you are indeed able. I will see you tomorrow for headlines. I'm so excited and I hope you're rip-roaring ready to listen as well. I'll see you then. Reach out if you need me. I appreciate all of you. And take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.